0: We Walk By Faith might be one of the most misunderstood scriptures of the Bible. And if you are misunderstanding this scripture, you are subjecting yourself to a life of spiritual poverty and powerlessness. But if you do understand the depth of of this verse, you will unlock faith that can actually move mountains in your life. So if you feel like you are desiring more faith in God, lacking more faith in God, or have lost faith in God completely, you definitely want to pay attention to this rectangular graphic that I'm going to share with you in today's episode that completely changed my understanding of how I approach faith in my life. Each corner of the rectangle contains a key component of faith that I had never focused on before, and it unlocks a level of trust. Trust in God that would definitely up your spiritual swagger. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Build Your Vision podcast, a podcast series about maneuvering the ups and downs of building a life that you're proud of, captured in real time. A community where dreamers become doers and doers become world changers. Let's go. Have you ever seen a situation where extreme faith has been displayed and honestly thought to yourself, I don't think I could have done that. Or have you been in a situation that requires faith and you find yourself anxious or worrying and you also feel kind of frustrated because you're like, I know I should not be worrying right now, but I am and I don't know how to fix it. Or maybe you've moments of complete doubt where you question whether God is truly real or at least real in your life. I have personally experienced all of these, and and none of them feel good. And whether you're consciously aware of it or not, it is human nature to long for a secure battle-tested belief system to inform your actions. We greatly desire a sense of security and power in the world. These belief systems are called paradigms. Each human walking around is a living, breathing paradigm, and we find ourselves lost and wondering if that paradigm is shattered. But I came to realize in my experience and in scripture why my faith was so fragile and it was because of this. We often think of faith as a linear progression. Believe in the power of God. Faith in his promises to humans. Experience the power of God. Step one, step two, step three. Believe faith experience. But biblical faith actually looks more like this rectangular graphic that I'm sharing with you here. I call this a faith block. Each point on the faith block leads into the other point. They're all interdependent and interconnected. And the first point on that faith block is belief. Yes, there are three more points beyond belief. Belief is simply the expectation of an outcome. If I believe in God, I expect some outcome in my life because of that belief. If I believe in aliens, I expect some type of extraterrestrial interactions on earth. If I believe in Anthony Davis's unibrow, I fully expect it to grow back no matter how much money he makes. Belief is just an expectation of an outcome. So no matter which expectation we have, positive or negative, that expectation will evoke a feeling and feeling is the second point on our faith block. Trying to remove feelings from faith is like trying to remove emotions from humans or try to remove cheese out of cheesecake. Can't do it. It's built in. Now you might be thinking, but Cleve we should have faith in spite of our emotions. Ah, uh, no, that's actually not true. What you talking about Barry? The only reason we do anything, anything, it's because we feel like it. And if you don't feel like it, you won't do it. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers on this, but I'm okay with that. Let me explain. I know you're probably thinking, but Cleve, I do stuff all the time that I don't feel like doing false. Also not true. You do stuff that you don't want to do all the time, but you indeed do feel like doing it. Rock with me for a minute here. A want is a desire to possess or do something a feeling is an emotional state or reaction I'm gonna say that one more time a want is a desire to possess or do something a feeling is an emotional state or reaction we like to believe that we pursue our desires and control our emotions and in fact that's what we think we're doing most of the time but the opposite is usually true we pursue our emotions and and control our desires. The bottom line is feelings are simply stronger than wants. Plenty of people want to be business owners, but few people feel like doing the work. Plenty of people want to be out of debt, but few people feel like altering their expenses. Plenty of people want to be in shape, but few feel like overhauling their diet. You don't act on what you want. You act on what you feel. Now this could be in the positive direction as well. You may not want to go to the gym, but in that moment you feel like being healthy. You feel like impressing your friends. You feel like increasing your status. You feel like winning that bet more than you feel like staying in bed. So you go anyway, or you might not want to go to work, but you feel like going to work more than you feel like being homeless. I love how this sheds light on what Paul was explaining in his vulnerability in Romans 7 verses 14 through 17, where it says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it's actually spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Look, y'all, we all do exactly what we feel like doing, even during times we don't want to do it. Now, the feeling of faith is anticipation, while the feeling of doubt is anxiety. When you believe in the character of God, you expect an outcome from that belief. And when it's positive, you have a feeling of anticipation of what God is going to do for you. That feeling of anticipation leads to certain behaviors and actions. And this leads to the third component of our faith block. Actions. You will never, ever, ever, ever have a feeling you will not act on either you remove or replace that feeling with another more powerful one, or you will behave in alignment with your feelings. That is exactly why you don't have to try to expose fake people. Just give them enough time and they'll expose themselves. This brings to light James chapter one, verse 14, where it says temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Your feelings and desires give birth to actions, point blank, period. There's nothing more in that case. And the only way they could be overridden is by the strength of another more powerful feeling or desire. In the case of James chapter one, that power is the Holy Spirit. So when you have a feeling of anticipation, you go into proactive mode. And we have a feeling of anxiety, you go into protective mode. Just think about it. Think about your friends who are always on time versus your friends who are always late. When you anticipate your friends going to be on time to the event, you're proactive in making sure you're not embarrassed by being the one that ruins the night by being late. But let's think about that friend that's always late now. You're You're already anxious about telling them the time before you even send them the location of the venue. You might even try to protect yourself by purposely telling them a time that's 20 minutes early. You just want to make sure that your night isn't ruined by them being late. Feelings always lead to actions. So when you anticipate God's promise, you begin to behave proactively. You buy the house with an extra room before you're even pregnant. You leave the job when you don't have prospects lined up. You make the business account before you even have a customer. In the case of Abraham, you move to a foreign land before you have any descendants. In the case of Joshua, you step into the Jordan River before it even begins to part. In the case of Peter, you step onto the sea without even knowing how to swim. Well, Peter, he was a fisherman. He probably didn't know how to swim, but you get the point I'm trying to make here. Belief leads to feelings, feelings lead to actions, and actions lead to the fourth corner of the faith block, and that is experiences. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? Newton's third law. But this goes beyond the realm of physics, guys. It's also a spiritual law. This is why the law of attraction actually has legs. It's really just the law of at-action, when you believe something, you feel a certain way. And when you feel a certain way, you take certain actions. And when you take certain actions, you yield certain results and experiences. This is why James 2 verse 17 also says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone, because faith without action is doesn't get results or experiences. An experience is evidence of an action. An action is evidence of a feeling and a feeling is evidence of a belief. Now, all of a sudden, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one makes a lot more sense where it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Did you catch that? Let me run it back and put in some parentheses for you. Now faith is the substance, support under or assurance, of things hoped for or anticipated, the evidence, the action, the results of things not seen. I hope it's being made clear that faith is not just belief, but I also hope it's being made clear that faith is not linear now, of course, we walk by faith, but we actually do walk by sight as well. Not in a way that we are trusting what we see over what we believe, but in a way that actually incorporates the things that we do and experience into our faith walk. Belief without the acknowledgement of feelings, actions, or experiences is Is fake, false, and faulty faith. This is a huge mistake that is leaving God's people powerless. And if you believe that faith is linear, you confine an abundant outcome to a limited input. More belief, this, that, does not equal more faith. It just doesn't work that way. It would be so much easier if all we had to do was, I just got to believe more. If it were that easy, I think more people would have way higher faith. And this is what I don't want you to misunderstand from what Paul wrote. The key word in that text actually isn't faith or sight. It's walk. The problem is a lot of us don't feel like walking because walking is hard. Now, don't try to eliminate how you feel about walking. Override it with a more powerful feeling. The spirit of God at work on your soul. An abundant outcome has abundant inputs and they're all interdependent. You can enter the faith block at any point. The point of entry could be an experience. It could be a belief. It could be a feeling or an action. The key is not stopping at the entry point, but letting it lead to the next part of the faith block. Now you could be wondering, Clee, what if I don't see results or have an experience? And to that, I say this, Just because you don't see the results yet doesn't mean that your belief-based action isn't working. It just means it's not working how you thought it would. And I generally refer to this space as the waiting room, but I also like to call it the Hermosi zone. I call it this because Alex Hermosi is a multimillionaire entrepreneur and author, and he's known for the extended anticipation of his book releases. His most recent book at the time of this recording, he teased for an entire two or more years and his fans waited with bated breath, including myself. What's interesting about the Hormozy zone is that the longer Hormozy waited to release the book, the higher the anticipation got for the published date. Expectations went from, hmm, this book looks like it's going to be pretty good, to man, this book must be stellar. The longer the wait equaled, the better the blessing. But why does this work for Alex Hormozy and not for other authors? Well, for two reasons. Number one, his proven and continuous track record of consistently and constantly providing value to his audience. Number two, his constant mentioning of the book. This reinforces belief in those who are waiting for the book to be published. We know that Alex Ramosi won't put out anything that isn't highly valuable. We've seen him do it over and over time and time again. And since he's taking so long, and it's obvious he didn't forget because he keeps mentioning it, this must mean this book is going to be stellar. And this is why reading and internalizing scripture is so important for our faith walk, because the scriptures show us that God has a way better track record than Alex Ramosi. Your past experiences in life show that God has not failed you. And if you feel like your idea or vision for your future keeps getting mentioned in your mind, that is another great sign. I always say, and I, I feel like I've said it in, an, in another episode. I can't remember what number it was. It was like episode 130 something. I say you won't want to let go of a good idea, but a God idea won't let go of you. If you feel like you're stuck in the hormozy zone or feel like you're in a waiting room season, your anticipation should increase because that means God is doing something stellar in your life, Now, Alex Ramozzi ended up doing a live event to celebrate the publishing of his book, and he completely exceeded expectations of his audience. And honestly, I feel bad for the guys that gave up belief and anticipation in their engagement in getting the book because they probably weren't even paying attention when it was time for its release, and the moment they were once waiting for had passed them by. Don't get discouraged by the waiting room. If you want more faith. Look to increase the sum of its components, the faith block, feeling, action, experiences, belief. But how do you do that, right? Here's how. Stop idolizing leaps of faith and start investing in steps of faith. Here's a simple three-step process for you to do this. Number one, read your Bible. Notice I didn't say start a new devotional plan. I didn't say begin a new sermon series or a new commentary. Read your freaking Bible, bruh, for yourself. Like, turn the pages and read to understand, not just to finish. The more you become personally familiar with the character of God, the more you will believe in him, not by believing what someone told you to think about him. And if you want me to do an episode on how to study the Bible, please comment below this video or on the blog, uh, which is linked in the podcast description if you're not subscribed to my content hub online, buildyourvision.co everything's there. Number two, start investing in your faith. Start small. You don't have to throw your whole life savings into the market at once. Make that phone call in faith. Tithe in faith. Apply for that position in faith. Make that apology in faith. Start that podcast in faith. Text that friend in faith. Start that conversation with the homeless person in faith. Stop wearing that makeup or that outfit in faith. Stop going to that particular place in faith. These are little investments that accrue with compounding interests and give you the experiences that will lead to bigger investments in the future, aka more and more faith in God. Number three, write down your investments. We all suffer from short-term memory loss for some reason when it comes to God, including myself. So keep a record of your investments so that you have receipts when you feel anxiety or doubt beginning to creep in. One of the biggest I could have done that have helped me in the past few years is having a prayer journal where I write down my prayers and my requests of God and I could go back in there and I literally could check them off with the green marker is what I do. And I could see that God came through, even if it wasn't in the way I thought he was going to, that he actually answered the prayer. This when I am feeling like anxious and, and doubting, like, I don't know, God, like this is I'm trying to be faithful, but I don't know. I could go back and I'm like, oh, what am I talking about? He's been good in the past. He'll do it again. If he did it before, he will do it again. That's the three steps for investing in more faith. Read your Bible. Start investing in your faith with small increments and then write down your investments. And I know I've said a lot in this episode, so if you don't want the challenge of trying to remember all these steps, you can invest in yourself right now by subscribing to the Build Your Vision content hub at buildyourvision.co, buildyourvision.co, where you can access everything in this video in an easy-to-remember, digestible written format, plus a whole bunch of other freebies that you get that can help you gain clarity as a Christian and a creator as soon as you sign up. The main point that I want to make clear here is that Faith is not linear and autonomous. It's a cyclical, interdependent experience. And this is practically how you become a rich kingdom citizen who doesn't just say they're a Christian, but walks with true power because of their genuine trust in an all-powerful God. Each faith block builds on top of another. You keep building up these blocks and keep building and building and building until you have a wall of faith so strong that even saying himself Can't knock it down. Don't take the scripture we walk by faith, not by sight, as just you have to believe more because you can't trust what you see. Of course, you can't trust what you see, but just trying to believe more is not how you get more faith. Don't make this mistake and keep living in spiritual poverty anymore. The vision you desire to build for your life, the call that God has placed on your life, can literally be one step of faith away. So let's start investing, not just in belief, but in the entire faith block and become truly powerful visionaries. Hey guys, Klee here. Thanks so much for listening to the build your vision podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would think you did. If you stayed all the way to the end, the best thing that you could do to help support this show is by sharing it with somebody by you just taking a few seconds to recommend this show to somebody. You are making a huge impact, not only on the success of this show, but possibly on that person's life.